Hello everyone. I want to welcome you back to See the Sunrise. This is season three and episode four. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three, the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison. He said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. This week, the, the Lord brought to mind the word peace. And in bringing it to mind, he took me to John chapter 14 and verse 27, where he speaks specifically about peace. He says, quote, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So much is going on in our world today. War, rumors of war, we have division, we have the ongoing crises of COVID, global warming, unstable stock markets, poverty, homelessness has increased. People are leaving the workforce in record numbers. Domestic disturbances are occurring on a more regular basis. Racial unrest and so on. All around the world, we need peace. But can there be peace amid the ongoing crisis we face? Jesus is saying yes, but it's not the peace absence of disturbance. The kind of peace Jesus talks about is peace that exists during all of the negative occurrences that we experience in our world today. I noticed something in my community this week. Our city's football team made it to the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals, and it has been something that hasn't occurred since 1989. Prior to the team making it to this event, there were other discussions occurring in the headlines and none of them promoted peace, unity, or camaraderie. It caused me to pause and take note that to experience peace, there must be a common ground. Our team had won the AFC championship and everyone was and is excited about the possibility that we could actually win the Super Bowl. It brought everyone together because the focus was on a common goal. Folks were buying all kinds of memorabilia they wanted something to memorialize an event that may never occur again in their lifetime. I have to add something here. I am not originally from Cincinnati, and so I am a, a diehard fan of the Cleveland Browns. Okay, no comment. I'm glad I can't hear all the things coming back at me. But what I will say is I am AFC loyal. And one of the things I found and find in supporting this team is that no one's talking about all of the negative things that are going on in the world because there is a focus on a common goal to win. Peace is not a foreign term, but it is a term that unfortunately not practiced on a routine basis. If you consider the news media, every day there is something that promotes conflict and chaos. Yet despite everything that seeks to rob us of the serenity that peace brings, Jesus tells us we can have peace despite whatever is going on around us. When Jesus spoke about peace in the book of John 14, 
he wanted to relieve his disciples uh, regarding his departure. He didn't want them to worry. When you've been with someone for a while, when you walk with them, you saw the amazing things that they could do and knew no matter what disaster came, he would be able to take care of it. I mean, it was just a relationship that was just so sound and they felt so safe. When that potentially goes away, that peace and that comfort goes away, it sparks fear and foreboding. We understand that because that kind of fear or terror can occur at any moment and, and any time every day. The Jesus telling them that he was leaving, he had already been preparing them and teaching them so they would know what they were to do when he was gone. But now that time has come and that was sparking fear and angst. And he wanted to relieve them of that. He wanted to, them to understand it was okay. Even though I'm going, you can still have peace. Jesus told them, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Life here is temporary, and there is better that awaits those who are in Christ. That doesn't mean what you're experiencing will change, but it will change how you see it. You recognize that, as the psalmist says, weeping, weeping endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So how is this peace we desire obtained? The world we live is full of trouble there will always be something to worry about. Knowing that, it should draw your attention or our attention and our affections to God. Within us dwells no good thing, but when Christ resides in you, when he takes up residence in you, when he lives in you, you can actually live in peace in adversity. We hurt, we suffer, we experience heartache and despair. It's called being human. But let's go back again and focus on what Jesus is saying. To understand the context of that verse, the peace I leave with you in verse 27 of the 14th chapter of John, you have to go back several verses to know that Jesus recognizes our inability to have peace without help. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Lord God was sending an advocate. He was sending someone who is going to be with us always to help us to have peace. And that someone is here if you have received Jesus Christ in your heart. Peace is a gift. It is a gift from God and it is invaluable, especially when fa facing uncontrollable situations. There is a heaviness that exists in the absence of peace. It's a weight that isn't easily lifted and that weight carries some friends along with it called anxiety and worry and tension. The stuff that keeps you up at night, that refuses to let you rest or eat or sleep in peace. However, when we turn our attention to God, when we look up, when we realize that he is in control, then and only then can you experience real peace. There were people in the Bible who knew how to promote peace. You may recall the story of Abigail, the wife of Nabal. She was a peacemaker. She stopped David as he was headed out to fight Nabal. Abigail's husband. David's plan was to kill him, but Abigail stepped in as an intercessor. She just wants peace for herself. She didn't want it just for herself, let me say that, but she wanted it for her family. And she took action that promoted such 
so that she and her family would be okay. What she showed and shows us is that you can have disagreements, but they don't have to result in catastrophe. Being at peace starts within you. You have to decide, you must decide that you want to live in peace and do the things that promote peace. Consider this. It's easy to start a disagreement and we need help to operate and live in the kind of harmonious relationship God wants us to. How are we to draw others to Christ if we are the perpetuators of disharmony? It starts with us brothers and sisters. I get it. There are some things that really get under your skin. Today while I was driving, you know, on the highway or in all of the roads, there are specific lanes that allow you to occupy that lane um, because you're going to a specific place. And as I was turning off the freeway in the right lane to turn right onto the next road, a car wanted to get in. Well, it was going too fast, first of all, to let them in. Second of all, the person was in the wrong lane to make that turn. And when they finally were able to merge in, which was behind me, they threw up their hands aggravated because I would not let them in. Now, I could have responded and I could have said or gave gestures that indicated, uh, excuse me, you were in the wrong. You should have gotten in the right lane. I could have responded when they threw their hands up and tried to uh, get my attention to let them know how aggravated they were. But you see, we can be perpetuators of disharmony. Uh, if I had responded in the manner that I was being addressed, trust me, there would not have been peace. As I said, it starts with us. I get it. There are things that get under our skin. And that is why Jesus told his disciples that his father was sending a helper. And that helper is here for us today. What helps me is knowing that I represent Christ. You represent Christ. And in representing Christ, we want to represent him well. How would it have been if I would have responded in a way that was so negative? How is that drawing others to Christ? Giving hand gestures or making comments or that doesn't draw others. And it also demonstrates a person that isn't necessarily having power over themselves or over their proclivities, but it's showing someone that gives in to the things that's going on around them. We have a helper that lives inside of us. And if we would draw on that helper and, and pull out that spirit that lives in us, I guarantee you, we can have peace even in negativity. When entering what is seen or perceivably a volatile situation, sometimes you just have to start praying. And that was a volatile situation. You have to start praying and asking God to give you the direction you need to maintain peace. The, the direction I received was, don't return evil for evil, but do good. He may, and some of you may be saying, well, why didn't you let them in? Well, first of all, I was in my right lane. And second of all, the way the traffic was moving, I really didn't see them until the last minute when they tried to merge in. So I'm going to give myself a pass on that one. The Lord may tell you not to speak or give you the guidance and words to say that won't cause discord. Children of God conduct themselves in a godly manner, and they are not easily given over to hostile words or action. We don't need someone to tell us that we're not children of God. You should be able to tell you for yourself the way you respond and the way you act toward others. We should be consistent, loving, kind. The Apostle Paul was a good example of maintaining peace and adversity. He always remembered who he served, whether he was in chains or being stoned, when he was shipwrecked, and more. 
He knew his mission and the Lord enabled him to accomplish it without fighting. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes in promoting peace, we feel like we have been wrong. But remember, God is the one who renders vengeance. We just need to conduct ourselves in the way that God has taught us, the way he teaches us in his word. When Paul and Silas were thrown in prison for preaching the gospel, the Bible says that they prayed and they sang hymns, and that is when their shackles fell off and the walls fell. If you want the, the, the walls of oppression to fall, you have to trust God and commit your ways to him. When you live in peace, you can walk in freedom. Joseph could have been angry with his brothers. You remember Joseph? Uh, they, in fact, his brothers had thrown him in a ditch because of their jealousy. But he was able to rise in power and save his family. It was God's will accomplished through pain and suffering, but bringing peace to a people who experienced famine. It was for his family's sake and for his as well. And then there's Jonathan. That was King Saul's son who wanted who sought to bring peace between his father and David. Remember, King Saul was so jealous of David. But unfortunately, as much as Jonathan wanted peace for them, that wouldn't be realized. And we know the outcome of jealousy and anger. Saul ends up losing his life. Jesus was the, was the ultimate peacemaker. In fact, it was and is his death that brings us peace with God. He stood in the gap for us. He took on our sins so that we would not face the wrath of God. Now that's peace. When storms arose, Jesus spoke. He said, peace, be still. And he still speaks with that same power over us today. What storms are in your life? What seeks to rob you of the joy that God brings and gives? Who has God asked you to demonstrate his peace towards today? How can peace bring new perspective and insight into your life? The Bible is filled with scriptures about peace, which demonstrates how important it is in the life of a Christian. In John 16 and 13, he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's a sound word. It, he's telling us that, yes, it's hard to see peace in a world full of strife, but he's also saying, it's okay, you can be strengthened because I am the overcomer and I have overcome the world and I live inside of you. In 2 Thessalonians, he tells us, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Sometimes you can pray, you should pray these scriptures into your life. And ask God, give me the peace, the peace that I need every day at all times to deal with the things I face, to deal with the things that I don't even know that's coming. In Isaiah 26 and 3, he says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So if we change our mind and shift our thinking, and if we are transformed, as Romans says, by the renewing of our mind, then we will begin to understand that we can have peace because we realize our trust is in the Lord and the place that we reside right now is temporary. In Matthew chapter five and verse nine, he said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Isn't that a great thing to know that you can be called a son of God? 
In Philippians 4 and 6, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray and with supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. In verse 7, he goes on to say, and the peace of God. See, but you got to do something first. You got to lay aside the anxiety. You got to pray in everything. And then when you ask God for something, say thank you. And that's when the peace of God will, it will transcend. It goes past your ability to comprehend how you can have peace in all of what you just laid down. It's a place of quietness, no matter what the situation. And in Romans 12, 18, he says, if possible, notice he says, if possible, sometimes it seems impossible. So far as it depends on you, he said, live peaceably with all. It's important not to be the orchestrator of arguments or discord. We want to be people of God that do render peace. And then in 1 Peter 5 and 7, he said, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. There's no reason to be rattled or to feel uncomfortable or to feel anxious. There's just no reason. He's saying, give it to me. I can take it. In Hebrews 12, 14, he says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. In the psalmist, I love this. He says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. It's not our homes. It's not the security devices that we have or those ring devices that keep us safe. You know, any of those can be, um, and, and, and you can break through any of those. It is in resting in God alone. That's where safety dwells. And then in Romans 8, 6, he says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You got to get out of your own head and you've got to trust God. Peace in Christ is not absent of trouble. I hope you get that message today if you get nothing else from what I've said. But it is unspeakable joy. That's what the peace in Christ is. Not absent of trouble. It's unspeakable joy when you know that God's got your back. I recall how I grew up and how difficult it was. But somehow I could hear God gently whispering in my ear that everything was going to be all right. Things were going to get better. I don't know how as a child I was able to hear that message to understand that there was a God with me even in the midst of a poor and bad childhood that was going to watch over me, that was going to keep me, that was going to bring me to a good end. I had to see things with a different eye, with a spiritual eye, and that takes faith, faith in God. And that same God that whispered to me is whispering to you today. And you know what he's saying? Peace. Be still. You can have peace in him. You can rest in him. You can trust him. No matter what's going on in the world, Jesus is overcome it. We are overcomers. Let's get away from strife and dissension. And let's rise up as the children of God that he has called us to be. Peace, be still. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you. Seek to live a life of peace and be sure to see the sunrise, to see Christ in your everyday situations.